out in the desert. Neighbors claims they practice witchcraft. Hello and welcome back to the Haunted Heart Podcast. We're your hosts, Katie and Kenny. How's that for an intro? It's it was very very structured, very basic. You know, we're working on it, and it only took us a hundred episodes. Well over a hundred fucking... episodes, actually. <laughs> well over. Well over a hundred episodes. Well over. Welcome back. Yes, we've How missed have you. you. Been? We have missed you. It's been a whole week it without really ha- you here. It's, it's been a whole week of very not subtle ads from teal swan for me i heard about that i heard i heard that your uh, algorithm got fucked girl i'm fucked up now see i i normally use incognito mode for all of the research that i do for this show and really just for all of my internet activity anyway mm-hmm. um but apparently i done fucked up somewhere because and i think it was in the social medias somewhere um because i don't have a burner social media account because i'm a fucking idiot um <laughs> So I just use my own profile to like go look up a bunch of shit. And uh, so now I'm getting a bunch of ads to join the Teal Swan group. So, you know, who knows? Maybe next week I will be greeting you with the blessings of, uh, you know, teal ornithologists. <laughs> just like random what if you, bird. What if, you, what if you infiltrate? What, I mean, what that would that's be amazing. Like, I take know. the cult over. Oh, oh my, God. my God. I like infiltrate the cult and then I like portray her as like some kind of false prophet and I assume her cult leader status. Oh my God. I'm going to tell you what. I'm into it. I could do a lot with that cult. I mean, group. Alleged. Alleged. Cult. Alleged. Um, alleged cult. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the place for me. You know, they already listen. They're like used to listening to people talk a bunch of bullshit and, mm. um, think i might do well there my seeds might find fertile ground as they say <laughs> you know? well spread your seeds and well we've spread several seeds actually we've got a lot of seeds out there one in particular is new this week though oh we do oh you're talking about the patreon uh-huh. you're using you're calling the patreon our was, seed is I, that I, what we're doing <laughs> is that i mean some of them might be into that like some some of y'all some of y'all on patreon i mean i'm praying for you i <laughs> <laughs> y'all I some nasty know. motherfuckers i don't know quite how to respond to that um <laughs> They are. They are. They are. They're good, and, though. They're armed. Yeah. Good folk. Good, good, honest folk. You know, <laughs> they're in there in their own cannibal cults over there, and they're, um, you know, they're aficionados. And, you know, and... just good old, uh, good old fashioned cannibalism. <laughs> good folk. <laughs> good folk. Good folk of the hills. Listen, in my, in my eyes, they are. It's true. But it's true. We love each and every one of you, and we have a new one of you to, to mention. We do. As I guess as you would put it, a new a new seed. <laughs> a new I'm sure seed she's very uncomfortable with that. <laughs> Listen, I'm sorry. It's my job to make people uncomfortable, okay? Yeah, that's very true. That's, that's very my true. shtick. Just keep raising the bar. I appreciate that. <laughs> yes. So this week we are lighting a candle. We have dressed with good intentions for health, wealth, and happiness. And 
This week's candle is being lit for Delaney, who is a brand new member of our haunted heart, Harem. Harem. All right, Delaney, and with that, we welcome you to the fam. We are sending you all sorts of good vibes. We are warding off all sorts of bullshit. I'm hoping that 2020 is finding you, hopefully finding your fucking feet under you like the rest of us, Mm -hmm. and hopefully the second half of the year will be a little brighter than the first. Agreed. And I was a little bit concerned because I thought I saw a spark fly right over this way when you struck that match. And I was, I looked over, I was like, whoa. I did strike it a bit vigorously. I'm used to using our old strike pad, long story, is bad. Um, (laughs) It was like really, you had to really work for it. You had to really put the elbow grease in. But we are using a nice fancy strike pad this week. And I was potentially a bit over vigorous um as many of my former lovers might tell you <laughs> you just got a strong seems to be a character arm. trait it's yeah just a strong arm. i've been fucking working out i'm trying to get buff i'm trying to get like fucking cut i'm i anybody who's watched avatar i am trying to pull an uncle iroh i'm trying to come out of this quarantine just fucking jacked as hell <laughs> went in a little doughy but we're just drinking tea and lifting weights. Okay. Yeah. You know, funny story. Um, I took a quiz on BuzzFeed. Did you? Yeah. Did it say you were Uncle Ira? Yeah, you're it did. Not. It did. It Uncle literally Ira. was like, if you were, no, it was one of those like, where like, if you were, who, like, where you, oh gosh, it was a Facebook thing. It wasn't BuzzFeed where like you press play and it gives you like three sets of characters yeah. that you're supposed to be or whatever, some bullshit yeah. like that. And then one of them was, um, one of them was Uncle Uncle Iroh. And I was like, I don't really know what this means. I don't watch Avatar. Oh, yeah. I was so, going to ask you if you'd ever watched that. It's really nope. good. It's on Netflix. I highly encourage it. Uh, I encourage you to watch it if you've never seen it. It's a good binging show. Um, I am my... You don't know who that character is, but she's a oh, she's a goth no. queen. She's great. She's the girlfriend of Zuko, who's like the angsty Fire Nation boy. Mm. Um, but uh, she's really great. She just doesn't give a fuck. I mean, she fights on the side of she's like on the right side of most things, but she's pretty she's pretty detached, and she's she's goth goals. So she's uh, she's my fave. All right, cool. Love her. I'll have to get into that. Get on to that avatar business it's good don't watch the fucking james cameron movie he's a fucking idiot won't, i think james won't cameron do that was no, it james cameron or was it michael no it was definitely james cameron it was not michael bay that was that's too much i was like wait i don't think or was it m night Shyamal- Shyamalan. Shyamalan. it was m night Shyamalan. i think Shyamalan. Yeah. I, think. I think it was i think it, it might have been m night because i was like why did you do this now everyone thinks you're an idiot but you you can do horror sometimes, uh, but you've you've done this instead, and it's not good. <laughs> not know, at all. The live action. Movie I remember is there being a lot of like hate against the live action movie. God, but, it was awful. Yeah, it was M Night Shyamalan. Yeah, it was bad. Oh gosh. We'll just did three hundred nineteen million dollars at the box office. Though. I have no I I have no frame of reference for what that means. I don't know. I don't know if it's good or bad. 
<laughs> don't either. But anyway, <laughs> it's it's same thing about how this the start of this show. I don't know if it's going to be good or bad or not. Um, so it's my week. It is. It is my oh, week. Oh, is it? Are you feeling bloated? I'm feeling. <laughs> is it? Is it that? I'm feeling that week. Uh, yeah, it's it's that time. It's that time. You're really bloated, craving chocolate. That happens to me too. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. Well. Uh, yes, it is my week, and uh, so got a lot, got a lot going on. Uh, unfortunately, this past uh, week, I was at, uh, I was attending a funeral, and, but that's kind of where I got the inspiration from my story. <laughs> First, let me say, and we've kind of talked about this a little bit, uh, when it comes to Southern funerals, like, you, there's an expectation there is. of, of, you know, people got to bring the food man you know they got to bring your casseroles they got to bring um just bring all of the food all of the desserts all of the cobblers it's very important we have to sin eat it's very important to sin eat eat. we did an episode on sin eating i mean in my opinion i mean it's like it's the three c's you know it's it's cobbler it's casserole and it's chicken yeah yeah and it was just really strange because nobody like they just brought weird things. Like one person just brought like a loaf of bread. A, That's a, so strange. A loaf to of me. bread. That, a, a, out of all of the items that you told me, mm-hmm. just a loaf. Was it Wonder Bread? What brand was it? it Nature's was Own. Just some random. No, it wasn't even Nature's Own. It was just some random white bread. So it was off-brand white. Was it in the bag? They just were they just carrying yeah, it was the just end like of the a, bag. Uh, yep, yep. So the, they were they walked in. To the after party of a funeral. I'm not really sure what you call it. <laughs> so they walk in just holding the end of a bag of off-brand white bread. And it's just dangling beside them as they just kind of. Like I am into the... assuming, yes. I <laughs> s- did not see them come in with it, but I saw it being placed huh. on the counter did they just how they plate that? Did they just pull it out? Yeah, it of was the, just in the plastic. It was just like it was in the plastic still. So we yeah. just sat the plastic on the table yeah. and we just kind of yeah. So we got that and then so I'm like okay what the fuck and then someone brought a a pack of paper towels which makes more sense I guess. I but, could be helpful. But like I don't know. I just don't think like if I'm bringing something for a for a a funeral, uh, paper towels just doesn't really like hit the the top of that list it seems like one of those things that is tragically utilitarian yeah you know yeah like it's a useful thing but it's like oh right i'm sad that you're the person who brings paper towels to a funeral party and they brought chicken salad but no rolls someone brought like king's hawaiian rolls you gotta have the king's hawaiian someone brought a two liter of Pepsi, which I guess is fine, but again, just so random. And then the casserole, there was none. There was a potato cast, oh no, a chicken casserole, and a glad container. So it wasn't even like a a, a dish of that was prepared. That was prepared. It, it was, was just like, leftovers. It was they like, were like Ooh, what can I bring? Oh my god! This and I'm just sitting there. Chicken casserole is gonna go bad. I guess I'll just bring that. And you don't understand, like. Nobody, I mean, obviously you're not going to say anything to anyone, but I am oh, sitting in the won't. kitchen. <laughs> I I am sitting in, not the kitchen, I'm sitting in the dining room and it's me and it's my mother and my sister. 
And I'm just like, where, where is the food? And the thing is, is that it's always like the three of us, whenever there's like a family gathering, it's me, my mom and my sister. And we're often like the ones that sit in the corner, like the fucking heathens fucking that we are <laughs> fucking antisocial. Um, yeah. And we're typically, it's typically like, you know, us, we're in the corner. We're typically all dressed in you black. Know us. <laughs> this sounds like a commercial for the show. Honestly, <laughs> You know us. You know. We're typically we're in the corner at the conventions all that we black. plan to go to. Typically, uh, oh, yeah, those. But yeah, no, we're dressed all in black, not because it's a funeral, but just because that's it. I mean, you can catch us in the same position on Thanksgiving, Christmas, birthdays, any of the above. We're there, and so I'm sitting there and I'm looking down at my little pitiful plate of like a chicken breast and. I guess a fucking slice of Wonder Bread. I don't know. Mm. Off brand, though. <laughs> While people off, are coming in brand. and they are, you know, offering their condolences and, and whatnot. Um, and my mom is on her phone. And she's sitting there and then I'm just like having a conversation with my sister. And then all of a sudden she just goes, oh, my God. And she just like reaches this like high pitched, like not quite a yell, but an elevated voice and she goes I know her and while she's looking down at her phone and I'm like what what is going on and so apparently um my mother had talked with someone on Facebook while she was at this funeral and there was uh, she was a story. getting the tea honey she was getting the tea she was getting the tea um apparently uh our hometown has someone that was featured on an episode of some crime show that came on recently bitch somebody just messaged me about this uh-huh. if it's the case that I'm thinking about somebody literally just sent this case to me um in uh, message from like, hang on, let me check my time stamp. I can't remember the name but of this show. It's not anybody related like, to you. I don't know if it was like Cold Case or something like that. Was it um, Killer Couples? Killer Couples. Killer Couples. This was just sent to me on Monday. <laughs> okay. What well, the fuck. Did you look into it? By somebody totally different. I don't want to say their name on the show, but it was oh, like totally out of the blue. Like yeah. it's somebody that I I rarely talk to. Yeah, and they just sent it to me, and it's this episode from like years ago. This is so random that it came up. Like, yeah, I'm oh, I'm fucked up now. So See, it's not even a Katie episode, and I'm just like, why did this Why did this come into both of our lives this week? <laughs> so yeah, my mom mm-hmm. was was gossiping with someone um on her phone, and apparently this person was watching this episode and made a comment about it, and then my mother commented on it. She was like, Oh my god, we went to school with her. So my mother went to school with this this what I'm about to get into um, with this person. And, you know, my mother really is the type of person that likes to take something and then she just owns it. You know what I mean? She's just like, when we went to, when I took her to um, Pennsylvania this past October and we went to the Pennhurst Asylum, she was so excited and she was the type that's like, she looks around, she's like, oh my God, what if these are the real beds that the that the people used? What if these are like, you know, the real things. Like, what if, oh my God, I bet these people are here. She's very that. And love I love that. her. <laughs> love that. That's <laughs> a great time. And I love her to death because she just gets really excited and she just like owns it. That's and, amazing. And absolutely love it. So, 
Um, and it's funny because she showed me the picture of this woman and she, the, her first words from this mugshot was, looks just like her from high school. That's exactly how I remember her. <laughs> so that's what we're going to get into today. Um, I started looking into it and I was like, oh shit. Okay. Well, we've yeah. got us a case and we've got us an episode where Kenny is covering a case. Also, yes. my mother may potentially be listening to this episode because I told her I was like, I might do an episode on this. So you'll actually have to listen to something that I uh, create. <laughs> and um, I said that then and like, kind of you regret it i kind of regret it because you i don't know what's going to come out of here so mom if you're listening i love you just well i'm just really glad that. that we made the really glad we made the sperm reference up 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 top that is true up at the top of the show <laughs> she's probably not listening anymore um but in the event that you are hi hi mom hi mom We're happy to be hosting you please just, just don't just, just don't worry about just it. Just don't worry it's, about it. It's fine. It's okay. We're good. So, yes, I am going to be talking about a woman. Her name is Teresa Wilson Bean Lewis. Yes. What a name. I love Honestly, when a name iconic. has a bean in it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you gotta. It's great. It's good. It, get, it just gives it that little bit of spice that it needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Teresa Wilson Bean Lewis. She was born on April 26, 1969, making her a Taurus. So you know this was a stubborn ass bitch. <laughs> um, I've kind of always likened uh, Taurus people to that song Headstrong by Trapped. Do you remember that? Oh, used the to play in middle school. Mm-hmm. Damn, that was my shit in middle uh-huh. school. I was like, this is the fucking coolest song. And now when I hear it, I'm like... It's There's cringy. A dude in a truck coming. Yeah, it definitely. It's cringy. Is. It's, it's so cringy. Lot, yeah. I played it when I was being super angsty about being a size 34 husky. God. Um, I feel that. I feel <laughs> that. By the way, still a thing. I know we've talked about this. Um, and I could probably literally do an entire episode on the horrors of uh, the husky department. But did you know that in the 70s, they actually marketed chubby as like yeah. sizing for yes. children? Yes. So I, I found this old advertisement, and it has this little girl on it. And this has absolutely nothing to do with the episode, but I thought it was hilarious. But there's this little girl on it who is the furthest thing from being chubby at all. And the caption goes, Tracy Harper may not care if fashionable chubby sizes are hard to find, but her mother does. So they shaded her for being chubby, and they also shaded her for not being fucking fashionable? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they dragged her. They really did. They did. Oh, no. It was awful. And the poor child was not chubby at all. That's terrible. Not at all. But anyway, <laughs> I, I'm not here. <laughs> I'm going to use that ad when I launch my, like, my, uh, my husky goth wear line and I'm going to be like but mother cares <laughs> introducing a line of goth garments for every size but which mother cares but which mother cares <laughs> I, I like would that. actually be amazing do like it like that. in the old school style of like the 70s uh-huh fucking vibe i'm into and nobody it. can yell at me on social media because i'm i mean i'm fucking chubby what do you want <laughs> like hey man i get to say what i want yep that is true but anyway i i'm not here to talk about 
uh, Tracy Harper and her mother, who's probably got by with three gin and tonics and an eight ball on a daily basis. And a constant, just steady stream of disappointment. In completely, <laughs> completely. She's still disappointed. Still to this day, she is. Rumor has it, still disappointed. Yeah. Rumor has it, you can still hear her wailing in the in the bathroom as she runs the shower in the sink, trying to drown out the sound of her own sorrow at her of her chubby daughter life. banging on the door. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Teresa. 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 She grew up in our hometown of Danville, Virginia. Oh, damn. We're dropping the hometown, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Okay. That's cool. I mean, we're not there anymore, so. Uh, okay. <laughs> What's going to happen is people are going to find our fucking yearbook photos. You know this is where this leads, yeah? <laughs> yeah. You know this is why you yeah. never say. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> So she was not very well off. Her parents worked at the Dan River Mill, which for many years, you and I both know, was the main staple of Danville. Especially if you lived on the side of town that it was on, you more than likely worked at the mill. Yes. Um, and it was a, lot a textile town. It was very, very heavily, textile. and that particular mill um, was very, very, very big on textiles until uh, the 90s. And uh, the early to mid-90s, it was closed. And then the town just sort of kind of like... Actually, it closed, it was... Or was it 96? No, it closed after 2000. Did it really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was after 2000. I think there was some backsliding for several years leading it up. It wasn't though. doing a lot. Like, I think several long. of them, because there were multiple buildings and right. several of them, like, had started closing down and whatnot. Yeah. And I think towards the end, there was just, like, the main one left. Wow, I didn't realize that it was open that long. Yeah. But, yeah, so it kind of, and nothing has really replaced it, unfortunately. So it's that type of situation. Pretty much. For all the people who are not from Danville, who are listening to this. Yes. Which is a lot. <laughs> um, and a lot of the housing that was built over there was built for workers for the mill, so it kind of became like a generational thing um, mm -hmm. up until it closed. But Teresa was active in the church during her youth. She sang in the choir, and at 16, she met a man, married him, and dropped out of school. You know, living the dream. I mean, it's a great no choice. Shade. Solid. And with this guy, she had a daughter, uh, Christy Lynn Bean. Again, there we are with that name. Bean. Bean. Very blunt. I love it. Bean. Surprise, Bean. surprise. The marriage. Wait. Quickly. So I'm so sorry. I know Wait. you're trying to lay out like a like a, a plot, but if her married name is Bean, did she marry Mr. Bean? She did. He would have been Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean. Bless him. Bless Ron Atkinson. He's a gift to us. Anyway, continue. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the marriage quickly evaporated into the recesses of the local Southern Baptist Church from whence it came. Oh, it's very sad for Mr. Bean. And with the divorce came an addiction to alcohol and painkillers, oh. which garnered the reputation in her family as being not quite right. Well, <laughs> I mean, I would describe <laughs> it that way, I guess. <laughs> they say the same thing about my family when we're in the corner. And the, they the do. They table. do. And see, you know, the real power that we have is that we don't have to be on drugs for people to say that about us. That is true. <laughs> that is very true. You just have to be uh, one is one is gay. One is just you uh, and one has like a full face of like makeup on my sisters, like to the T, like winged out. 
fucking like on point uh eye makeup going on and then you know there's my mother who is you know blonde and like fuck like will kill a man will kill many men (laughs) will hit you she bad she will hit you she's a definition um so yeah i can relate without the drugs but anyway so after this um (laughs) the divorce the drugs are like the central point of that of that though gonna ignore that got it so after um after this Teresa kind of floated back and forth between several low-paying jobs and in the spring of 2000 ended up getting a job at Dan River Mills where her parents worked Hmm. and it was there that she met Julian Clifton Lewis Jr. Bless if he if that does not sound like a southern man like like the mm-hmm. just the it's a Rhett butler i mean he might as well be named <laughs> Rhett butler honestly truly it's the junior part that gets me it is yeah he was her supervisor Ooh, and hot a for teacher huh? yeah uh and a widower who had three children jason charles and kathy and they struck up a little love interest at the mill where they were working. Love that. And Love that in them. June of that year, Teresa and her daughter Christy moved in with Julian and his children. It wasn't long after that the couple decided to get married. Now, tragedy hit that following year in December when Julian's eldest son, Jason, died in a car accident. Now, this car accident left... um left his father with a $200,000 life insurance policy. Mm. And with it, Julian purchased um, a manufactured home on five acres of land out in the county. Mm. In 2002, Julian's youngest son, Charles, decided to join the Army, and in preparation for his deployment to Iraq, had obtained a $250,000 life insurance policy, naming his father as the primary beneficiary and Teresa as the secondary beneficiary. In the fall of that year, Teresa ended up meeting two guys at the local Walmart. That's how you got to do it. You mm-hmm. find the best ones. I'm, I'm gonna tell you what you know. At the local Walmart. I don't know. You know where you don't meet men. <laughs> the Walmart. The Walmart. I and specifically our Walmart. Like, yeah, let's true. be let's be specific. That you don't you you just don't. You, yeah, it's not a good choice. I, I was in that Walmart once, and this very 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 muscular dude, like he looked like some kind of bodybuilder. I was just shopping for my fucking groceries or whatever in the produce section, and he like came up to me and he was like, "Do you have plans? Could I take you <laughs> out?" And I was just like, "I'm." I'm terrified of you. I mean, I'm very flattered, but I'm afraid. My, my plans were to buy this this produce. I was just trying to get some apples. I was not trying to... Get some peanuts. I was not trying to pick up any nuts today. <laughs> Sir, thank you. Yeah. He was very kind and respectful, but it took me, it took me aback because I'm not used to kind and respectful in the Walmart Mm-mm. where we're from. <laughs> so many. No shade, but... So many fine memories yeah. from our youth um, yeah. have been spent at that Walmart. I'm just um, very aggressively defensive against yeah. any man 
within like 30 miles of where we grew up because it's just like nah fuck y'all all All y'all all of you all y'all made me feel ugly for like 18 years of my fucking life and i got away and you know what happened i like became suddenly you realized what boobs were and you were like oh oh thick bitch is where it's at yeah. But you had to have Beyonce teach that to you. And for that, I will never forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had uh, some crazy run-ins. I'm not going to get into this, but it, I had a... Did, you, oh, did yes. I ever tell you about yes. my Snake Man yes, story? Snake Oil Man. Yes, I love him. Oh, I God. love the Snake Man story. It was such a saga. It, yeah, that might have to be something separate I bring up on a... Maybe on that's a Patreon episode. discussion. Might I think be a that Patreon might, discussion. That's a very... The Snake Man... The is snake, one my, of my favorite stories. My snake man story from Walmart is truly one of my is the highlight of my life. When I when I die and I have my obituary, yes. I would like we saw for him us to yeah as adults we saw him uh-huh. and, and I, I was pointed with him you, out and we I was like oh my god I'm so happy that we had this moment that I, I finally got him to out. see him. I pointed him out yeah um but you know what though that Walmart had a bomb ass deli. Did it? I never I, went to the deli. I did. See, my mom used to get us, uh, like, they had, like, a boneless barbecue chicken wings that mm-hmm. they had there. Mm. Um, that, and they had a good, like, sliced Cajun-style chicken breast, but, like, we would get those. Like, that'd be, like, a treat for mm. us for dinner. Like, we'd go to the Walmart deli <laughs> and get, like, one of those meal plates. Fuck yeah. <laughs> um, but I just remember Shit. them being so good. I haven't had them in years, though. I'm, like, really, I'm Let's kind go. of disappointed. Like, not disappointed, but I'm... Just a little scared that like it, if won't, I, be it won't be as good yep. and it won't be like I remember. There's it. a lot of shit that's like that. Kid cuisine mm-hmm. TV dinners are like that. Mm, I mean, that no, they were nasty. It's not as a child. I loved them. I loved the little cosmic brownie that was a knockoff cosmic brownie that was in there. You know, if you're knocking off cosmic brownie, you're making really questionable choices as a company. <laughs> yeah. We're just triggering so many memories. It's a lot. Um, this episode's just about us. It's fine. Scrap this story. <laughs> no, we can't. No, we it's cannot. Good. It's good. Anyway, our girl Teresa. So she meets these two guys. Did she meet them at the deli counter? Who knows? Maybe. Maybe they were picking up boneless Wait, barbecue chicken wings. What if she worked there? What if she was the deli lady? I mean, did she work that there? That used to cut my Cajun chicken breast. <gasps> what if? What year is this again? Uh, two, uh, 2000s. Oh, so we were definitely up in there getting some fucking 2000s. chicken 2000s. So, I mean, no, it is very highly likely that we passed, we crossed paths at this Walmart. Because I lived just up the street from this Walmart at the time. So, it's, it's a very, it's a very, very, very likely. So these two guys, right? Uh, you've got Matthew Jesse Schallenberger. Hmm. Interesting name. Uncommon name. Who's 21. And then this other guy, Rodney Lamont Fuller, who was 19. They met Teresa and began like a weird sexual thing. Oh. Oh, it was one of those. Yeah. So apparently she used to do lingerie shows for them. <laughs> I don't know what that entails, but... Do you, is it just the lingerie show, or no. do you have sex afterwards? I don't... I mean, I don't know. Like, do you just get to have all this fabulous lingerie that other people buy you, and you just wear it for them? I think that might be what OnlyFans is, by Probably. the way. Probably. <laughs> I mean, I'm down with that. Like, that would be fine. Yeah. But it sounds like there was a lot of 
Sounds like a Listen, I have no situation. issues with, you know, if you want to meet someone at your local Walmart and do a lingerie sh- show for them, great. But, like, you're married. Or to someone. You know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe not. First. Maybe, maybe not. Unless maybe he's your into husband's it. in the lingerie. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, like, maybe he's into it. If he's into it, great. That's I just. A lot. Maybe communicate. I don't yeah. know. Communication. Yeah, that's definitely a conversation. Um, I'm also not sure if it was, like, a threesome type deal or if she was kind of, like, seeing them both separately i mean can a walmart scooter hold three people what's the weight limit on that i mean i think it depends on how determined the people are well you know walmart scooter makers email us at the hunt and heart podcast at gmail.com let us know and apparently one instance she had taken her then 16 year old daughter and introduced her to rodney fuller and the two couples went to separate cars and had sex in the walmart parking lot Wait, give me that one more time. So I'm so sorry. Daughter, I just was not ready for that sentence. She took her 16-year-old daughter to meet these two guys in the parking lot at Walmart. Sure. And then her daughter went with Rodney. She went with Jesse to their separate cars and had sex. So there's a lot for me here. Yeah. Um, we're gonna there's come, a lot to unpack. We're going to come back to the obvious point. But was she? Did she, was she also sleeping with Rodney? Mom was mom. Is it the graduate situation could, except for pedophilia, which we're coming back to? I couldn't find I I couldn't find that out. So Rodney, like I said, he was nineteen, so he was still quote unquote of age. But like, we're you know, uh-huh. well, not with her. I'm talking about in the mother instance, in the mother and him yes. instance. Yeah, but I mean, with well, the that's daughter, just a young boy learning the ropes and a and an experienced yeah. woman teaching him the way. I'm into that. I'm very, you know, I could maybe perhaps take that role on at some point in life. I think there's a lot that I could teach a young buck. Um, however, unfortunately, every man I date is older than me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's interesting. I I don't I don't think I could say that I've ever met a man by way of him watching my mom give lingerie shows. Yeah. <laughs> you know, potentially also mm. potentially having relations. Yeah. It's just weird. Just weird. Um also illegal. Um I mean so it's weird, but now we're going to circle back around to the bigger overarching point, which is why are you taking your 16-year-old to have sex with a man in a car in a Walmart? I need you to have higher standards. Uh huh. I need you to also not be practicing child prostitution because uh, that child cannot give consent. Um, that child needs to be having like really gross, like closed mouth kisses with other 16 year olds. You know what I'm saying? True, true. That's where that child needs to be. True. Or in my case, at home alone in her room listening to Good Riddance by Green Day over and over, trying to get the chord <laughs> pattern on the guitar. And and writing her own shitty music. Did you uh did you ever try to like kiss yourself in the mirror? Uh no. I did. I didn't try to kiss myself. So I practiced my pre-kiss face in the mirror, but I didn't ever kiss the mirror because it just felt so cold and sad. Um <laughs> I did practice like kissing my hand. Uh-huh. Um, surprisingly accurate, honestly. Um but I, I was, I so I had, I always had this like weird misconception with kissing that it, it was a lot of lip, and I have really full lips anyway. So like the first time that I like went in for like a real kiss, I gave like full lip, like just a lot of this, and uh, and the guy told me that it was like kissing an octopus. <laughs> um, 
And that was a blow to the ego, for sure. And I was like, I thought like big lips are like the thing. But um an octopus maybe, maybe if you're throwing really? too much out. Do you have yeah. a I mean, did you have a beak at that it's point? Like, it's like, like making out with an octopus and I'm like, hmm, I don't somehow I'm I'm thinking it shouldn't be like that. <laughs> I don't think I don't, yeah. it was a lot. I put a lot into okay. it. Okay. <laughs> So they're having sex in the Walmart. I haven't had lot. any more complaints, by the way. Okay. I just feel, right. Let oh, me just good. clear that good, up. Good, 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 good. It was the only please, time. Please I mean, it was clear the air. I still definitely think about it probably once a week, but it was definitely many years ago, and it's the only time I've ever had a comment like that. Um, but yeah, it's. I'd say it's still it's still here. Okay. <laughs> Didn't know that. Um, yeah. Well. well so it was around this time that Teresa began plotting. What was she plotting? The death of her husband and stepson for their insurance policy, of course. Oh, I was going to say she was plotting how to take home um, free boneless barbecue chicken wings from work so that you know she what? didn't have to pay for them. You know what? That would be great. I'd be what I but was that, plotting. That, that's but... not what she was doing, though. It's not what she was doing. It'd be like that Johnny Cash one piece at a time song, except instead of building a car, I'm fucking building a buffet right. in my house. <laughs> That's what I would do if I came into a large sum of money. I used to love food service because you just you just get as much food as you want. When I worked at an ice cream shop, I could eat ice cream all the fucking time, and you best believe I did. <laughs> It was amazing. And you did too. G- yeah, I was getting ready to you say I benefited from shakes. that too. So, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, so, in October of 2002, um, Charles came home for a visit from training in Maryland. And on October 23rd, our Walmart Wonder Twins were given $1,200 <laughs> by Teresa to purchase firearms and ammunition to be used to kill her husband and stepson. Now, is that cheap for firearms and ammunition? I don't, I don't typically purchase. Is it bad that I'm shocked that they had to buy a gun, that they didn't just like have I one? already have one. Maybe they bought a burner gun. Potentially. Because I've been a little disappointed. Well, they purchased shotguns. They purchased two shotguns. Okay. Oh. Wow. They were really, Yeah. they were going to get close then. Oh, yeah. Got it. Yeah, we'll get into that. That's really messy um, to clean up. That's a choice. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a hell of a choice. A lot of... A lot of stuff to clean up with a shotgun. I know. And see, and I've always said this. My personal preference is like a short edge weapon. Like, you know, I, I'm just like the guns are fine. But like if I had a weapon of choice, you know what I mean? I like my knives, blades, machetes, that sort of it, thing. It I like a blade. It depends though because, you know, depending on where you get somebody, actually most places that you would get somebody that it would actually like cause the ceasing of life (laughs) are we telling people how to murder people um um there would be a lot of blood there would be a lot of you know um you'd have a bleeder situation i think i actually think a snipe sniper would be best Hmm. because then you can be far away and you got a little bullet that doesn't really cause a lot of spray it's much more contained I wasn't really talking about like you were killing talking about people. Aesthetics. I was just talking about like in general. Like if I had to build a character, got it, and was fighting, like I like edged weapons. They're definitely more cool. I like Psy, a pair of Psy. I've always thought ever since I watched the Mummy and mm-hmm. fucking 
hot ass uh, Anoxuna Moon and Eevee were battling. Yeah. I was like, that changed my whole fucking life as a young yeah. adolescent. Um, but I've always thought that Psy were cool. Yeah. And if unpractical. Yeah, very but. true. Um, so now initially they just wanted to murder Julian. They attempted to follow him home and planned to murder him on the side of the road to make it look like a robbery. Uh, but the presence of another car on the road prevented that from happening. And when Teresa found out that Charles was coming home, that's when they decided to just kill them both at the same time. So we fast forward a week. Charles is home, and it's the morning of October 30th. Jesse and Rodney enter in through a rear door to the mobile home that Teresa had intentionally left unlocked. The two boys find Teresa sleeping next to Julian and silently wake her and motion for her to go into the kitchen. While Teresa waited in the kitchen... Definitely not suspicious. Not, not at all. <laughs> Great plan. While she's in the kitchen, um, Jesse shot Julian with the shotgun. Upon hearing the shots, Teresa went back into the bedroom where her husband lied, mortally wounded. He did not die instantly. And as he lay dying in his bed, Teresa reached for his pants, pulled out his wallet, and took the money that he had in it. Damn. After doing so, she went back into the kitchen as Rodney went into Charles's room and shot him several times with the second shotgun. Apparently, there was also some question as to whether Charles was actually dead. Um, so Rodney went back with a shotgun and fired two more shots just to make sure. Wow. The two um, met back in the kitchen. They split the money that was found in Julian's wallet. Uh, gathered up the shotgun shells and left. Teresa sat in the house. She made two random phone calls and then 45 minutes later phoned the police for help. 45 minutes. 45 minutes. Not suspicious at all. You know, I just have to make these calls. I have a conference call at 9 and I have to be there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this early in the morning. Husband too. murdered or not. I have to be on this. This conference call is about the future of the Walmart deli department. And I need to be there so that I can advocate for the bon- boneless chicken barbecue wings. Now, now, just to clarify, I don't think she worked at the deli counter <laughs> at Walmart. I was no, just wondering if fantasy. she did. I We're think, doing it. Maybe I think, she was just a Walmart shopper. I think she maybe was just a Walmart shopper. Oh. I think in reality, she, I think actually she left Dan River shortly after like marrying Julian. Oh. So I think she was kind of like a stay at, stay at trailer I mean, type she situation. Some... <laughs> stay at trailer. <laughs> <laughs> no shade to anybody. I mean, no shade. I love a trailer. I love a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I've lived in plenty growing up. Trust me. Oh, we've spent time. I've I've lived in a total of three trailers growing up. One was technically considered a modular home. Ah, yes. <laughs> um, but the two definitely full fledged like yeah. ten roof trailers. There so you go. Wood I, I listen. I I'm saying it. I'm saying it. This is kind of like the husky thing, you know what I mean? Like uh, we can we can talk about the husky thing. I can talk about. We it. both live that life. I can talk. About we can it. talk about the trailer thing. And we can talk about this whole aesthetic of this story because because we lived this. We grew up. <laughs> yes. In this, all all in it. Yep. So um, she made her phone calls, then called the police for help, and at approximately three fifty five a.m. 
A 911 operator fielded a call from Lewis reporting that a single intruder had entered her home at approximately 3.15 or 3.30 and shot her husband and stepson. She told the 911 operator that the intruder entered their bedroom where she was sleeping with Julian and told her to get up. She claimed that Julian told her to go into the bathroom where she hid while the intruder fired four or five times. Sheriff's deputies arrived at the Lewis home at approximately 4.18 a.m. Lewis told the deputies that her husband's body was on the floor in the master bedroom and that her stepson's body was in the other bedroom. When the officers entered the master bedroom, they found Julian badly wounded, but still alive Mm. and talking. He, quote, made slow moans and uttered, baby, 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 baby. He kept saying baby for whatever Mm -hmm. reason. Mm -hmm. Julian told the officers his name and, when asked if he knew who had shot him, responded, my wife knows who done this to me. Mm. While trying to assist the victims, uh, the victim, uh, one deputy observed Lewis talking on the telephone and heard Lewis state, I told CJ, Charles, I told CJ about leaving that back door unlocked. Julian died shortly thereafter while still in the mobile home. When informed that Julian and CJ were dead, Lewis did not appear to the officers to be upset. Investigator Barrett and Investigator Isom with Pennsylvania County Sheriff's Office interviewed Lewis during their investigation of the murders. During one interview, Lewis claimed that Julian had physically assaulted her a few days before the murders, but denied killing him, having him killed, or knowing who killed him. Lewis told the investigators that she and Julian had talked and prayed together before he went to bed that night and that she told him she was going to the kitchen to pack his lunch for the next day. A lunch bag was found in the refrigerator with an attached note saying, I love you. I hope you have a good day. It's very weird the places that we directed our energy to create the story uh-huh. of why I didn't murder my husband. <laughs> because we prayed the night before. We prayed together. Well, the fact that you would actually pack the lunch and then put the note on it that says I love you, but you would cleverly get up to leave the bedroom whilst he's being murdered. And again, we're we're dealing with a trailer, so it's not like we have this huge space. Nah. You would you would probably pass the people who were coming to shoot your husband so, on the way to the kitchen and then see them. <laughs> so Yeah. Uh, it's just interesting well, in most, that we packed the Well, in most the of lunch. these trailers, in most trailers, the kitchen is just, the bedroom is just off of the kitchen. Right, You yeah. typically have to go right through the kitchen, and you're usually hit, I'm going to tell you what, you go through the kitchen, you're hit sometimes with a washroom on the right side. Yeah. And then immediately after that, there is the master bedroom. Right. With like, and if there was a nice trailer, sometimes you'd get like the double door bathroom that like is off, like, you know. On the other side of the bedroom uh-huh. with that plastic garden tub. Mm. Mm-hmm. And you always got a plant sitting on the side of it somewhere. They always do. You have to. Got to have some greenery, feng shui. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah. Um, but she wrote this note um, and apparently had drawn a picture of a smiley face on the bag and inscribed, I miss you when you're gone. The fuck? 
Why you got to be an edge lord wrote, about it? She wrote that in the smiley face. Oh, somehow weird. that's it's weird. It's random. Like, why yeah. would you write it in the smiley face? Somehow I don't know about that's it. weirder. Like that's unsettling. So later that morning, Lewis called Mike Campbell, who was Julian's supervisor at Dan River. She told Campbell that Julian had been murdered and asked for Julian's paycheck. Uh, <laughs> interesting. Hi, my husband's dead. Can you send Can me you his paycheck? Can you pay me, though? <laughs> for, I mean, you know. Yeah. Campbell told Lewis that she could pick it up after 4 o'clock p.m. that day. Um, the following day, Lewis contacted Campbell again, apologized for not picking up the check the day before, and again asked when she could get it. Campbell later testified that Julian brought his lunch to work in a blue and white cooler and did not use lunch bags. Oh. He also testified that when he went to pay his respects to Lewis in person a couple of days later, Lewis told him that Julian had bought her a red sports car before he was killed but that she was going to trade it along with one of his vehicles for a larger car. She also told Campbell that she planned to sell Julian's land and mobile home. Well, I mean, I guess you need a bigger car if you're going to have Walmart parking lot orgies in it. You know true. what I mean? Very, like, very true. Um, I guess you just need a little bit more space and functionality, perhaps, than one would get in, in a red sports car. Mm-hmm. Also on the day of the murders, Lewis spoke with Lieutenant Michael Booker, uh, CJ's commanding officer. When Lieutenant Booker called Lewis to express his condolences, Lewis told him that she was still in shock and that the police had been questioning her. She told Booker that there's no way I would have killed my husband and stepson. They guessed that because I didn't get shot that I might have done it. My husband told me to go into the bathroom, so I did. But I thought she was in the kitchen. No, she had told the officers that she went to the, that her husband told her to go into the bathroom. She had, they, she had said that the night before she had packed a lunch for him. They had prayed together. Okay. And whatnot and did all of that. Got it. Um, And they're just going to leave this witness to this crime that's been committed in the bathroom. Pretty much. Sure, Jan. Um, Lewis then informed Lieutenant Booker that she was the secondary beneficiary of um, CJ's military life insurance policy and that she had been told she would be contacted within 24 hours of his death with information regarding when she would get her money. How about you call the fucking life insurance company? Because that doesn't sound like it's my problem as an officer of the law. Pretty much. The fuck? So, I mean, I understand that's not the point, but I'm just saying. No. This is why people need financial advisors. True. So on November 4th, 2002, Lewis contacted Booker and requested CJ's personal effects and a photograph of CJ that she had given Booker for memorial service. Booker told Lewis that he would return the photograph to her, but that the personal effects would be given to CJ's sister, Kathy, Mm. uh, his immediate next of kin. Uh, Booker testified that Lewis became very angry and insisted that Booker bring them to her as soon as possible. When Booker refused, Lewis again asked about the life insurance money and, quote, reminded him that she was the secondary beneficiary. (laughs) When Booker told Lewis that she would still be entitled to the life insurance, Lewis responded, that's fine. Kathy can have all of his effects as long as I get the money. Mm. Not subtle at all. Not subtle, right? 
Um, Julian's daughter, Kathy, also testified about her dealings with Lewis immediately after the murders. Lewis told Kathy that she had wa- uh, that she had waited 45 minutes after the murders to call 911 and that she called her ex-mother-in-law, Mary Bean, and her best friend, Debbie Yates, prior uh, to doing ain't so. Ain't that a name? I might actually know her. <laughs> I was thinking. I had to look for a she second. I had familiar. to Google. I was like, do I know? I feel like I know a Debbie Yates. I feel like we all from that region of the world know a Debbie Debbie Yates. Yates. It sounded familiar, and I was like, "Mm." hmm. Um, Lewis also called Kathy on the night of the murders and told her that she had already gone over the necessary arrangements with the funeral home. Lewis told Kathy that all she needed were the names of some of Julian's family members and that Kathy need not even come to the funeral home the following day. When Kathy joined Lewis at the funeral home the next day anyway... She recalled Lewis saying that uh, she was the sole beneficiary of everything and that money was no object for these arrangements. So on the day of the funerals, Lewis called Kathy prior to the services and told her that she had just left the hairdressers and had gotten her nails done. I bet. And that she had bought a beautiful suit to wear to the funeral. Hmm. Pantsuit, for sure. Uh, she also offered to sell Julian's mobile home to Kathy. Huh. In addition to her attempts to How obtain... How kind of her. <laughs> right. The dick move. In addition to her attempts to obtain Julian's paycheck, Lewis also made a quick attempt to withdraw $50,000 from Julian's Prudential Securities account uh, by presenting a forged check made payable to her at the bank. The bank employee refused to cash the check because the signature did not match Julian's signature in the bank's records. Mm. Finally, and consistent with Lewis's immediate attempts to obtain the cash payoff from the murders, the investigators learned that Lewis was aware prior to the murders that she would handsomely profit from the deaths of her husband and stepson. Mm -hmm. She had earlier told an acquaintance that she was, quote, just using Julian for money and that he would buy her things. Another acquaintance overheard her saying a couple of months before the murders that if Julian died, she would get the money. And if CJ was killed and Julian was dead, she'd get that money, too. Hmm. Not very smart. Just don't. Yeah. Are we? No. So on November 7th, 2002, Lewis, presented with the rapidly accumulating evidence against her, confessed to Investigator Isom that she had offered Schallenberger money to kill Julian. Lewis told Isom that she met Schallenberger at Walmart and let him into their home on the night of the murders. However, she falsely claimed claimed that Schallenberger shot both Julian and CJ before taking the money and leaving the mobile home. She told Isom that Schallenberger had expected to receive half of the insurance proceeds, but that she had changed her mind and decided to keep all of the money. <laughs> Such a good idea to double back on, like, murderers. Right? So she then accompanied Isom to Schallenberger's residence, where she identified him as her co-conspirator. The following day, Lewis asked to speak with Isom and admitted that she had not been totally truthful the day before and confessed Fuller's involvement in the murders as well and advised Isom that her minor daughter had assisted during the planning process as well. Is that corroborated? Yes. Oh, my God. It is. This poor kid who was, like, drug into all this bullshit. Yes. Ugh. Um, 
So when they ran the autopsies, they found that both died as a direct result of the multiple shotgun wounds. I mean. Julian was struck in the upper left arm, shoulder, abdomen, pelvis, penis, thighs, legs, arms, and chest. How many shots is that? (laughs) I don't know. Uh, the bullets destroyed or removed large areas of tissue in his upper arm, shoulder, and upper chest and fractured several ribs. In addition, plastic wadding from a shotgun shell was lodged in Julian's left lung tissue. Mm. Um, but none of that was immediately fa- uh, fatal, and Julian instead died from extensive blood loss. That's crazy, though. Right. That he was still alive after all of that. The motherfucker was trucking. Yeah. He was... Wow. Um, and to think about how this would go had he not actually been alive. Like, I mean, I'm pretty sure they probably would have ended up there anyway, I mean, it but like, like it's fucking dumb crime. But I don't know. It adds an element. It adds an element to, to it. Yeah, a very um, chilling element that he was alive to say my wife knows who done this to yeah. me. Um, CJ was struck in the back, abdomen, chest, neck, left upper arm and shoulder, elbow, left thigh, face and Jesus. forearm but died almost immediately from his wounds. Mm. So shortly after Lewis was charged for her participation in the murder for hire plot, the trial judge appointed attorneys David Furrow and Thomas Blaylock to represent her, both of whom had experience in capital murder cases. And after investigating the case, counsel became extremely concerned about the heinous facts surrounding this intimate murder for hire and profit crime and their dim prospects for preventing a death penalty verdict by a Pennsylvania County jury. Mm. So given their knowledge of the assigned trial judge and juries generally in the county, they became convinced that Lewis's best chance of avoiding the death penalty would be to submit to sentencing by the trial judge. Yeah, which is often the case um, unless you have a case where you can sufficiently poke holes and cause doubt, um, Mm -hmm. usually the trial judge is going to be more lenient in sentencing than a jury will, especially in a case like this where it's just so clear-cut that she, you know, she had this man slain in cold blood for his money. Yeah. A jury's not going to be very sensitive to that. Yeah, and especially this trial judge in particular who had never imposed the death penalty on a capital defendant and who would be sentencing Fuller, a triggerman, um, to life imprisonment, um, as well as Jesse. So he sentenced them both to, to life Yeah. for what they did. So, you know. Hmm. Mm. And under Virginia law, if a defendant pleads guilty to capital murder, the trial judge conducts the sentencing proceeding without a jury. If the defendant pleads not guilty, the trial court may determine the case only with the consent of the defendant hmm. and concurrence of the Commonwealth. Accordingly, counsel recommended that Lewis plead guilty and invoke her statutory right to be sentenced by the trial judge. Mm-hmm. Um, her IQ was brought into um, was brought into play uh, prior to the guilty plea. They ran a competency assessment of Lewis. Um, it was performed by Barbara Haskins, MD, a board certified forensic psychiatrist. Feel like I know her too. Feel like I do too, girl. <laughs> Um, who also arranged for an IQ test to be performed. Uh, And according to the testing, Lewis had a full-scale IQ of 72 with a verbal IQ of 70 and a performance IQ of 79. That's not very good. No, this placed her in the borderline range of intellectual functioning, but not like at or below the level of like 
um, knowing that you shouldn't shoot I a mean, man repeatedly with pretty, a shotgun and then also murder his son, yeah. yeah, doesn't put you in the IQ range that where that is not a bad thing. Yes, but well, I mean, and, and yes, because Doctor Haskins reported that Lewis was competent to enter the pleas yeah. and able to understand and appreciate the possible penalties. Yeah. Um. So they, she understood what she was doing and that she was waiving her right to a jury and that she would be sentenced to either life imprisonment or death by the trial judge. Mm. Um, and satisfied that Lewis was entering the plea voluntarily, knowingly, and intelligently, the trial judge accepted the plea and scheduled the sentencing proceeding. And at the conclusion of the sentencing proceeding, the trial judge imposed sentences of death. For the capital wow. offenses, this is is this the same judge yes. that sentenced the guys to life? Yes, the triggermen to yes. life, and had never sentenced anyone to. He to death. said, "You know what? It's the first time for everything, didn't he?" Oh my! Could you imagine the gag in the courtroom, oh. like <laughs> at that wow. time? Yeah, so um, he imposed sentences of death for the capital offenses based upon the vileness aggravator, finding that Lewis co- um, Lewis's conduct involved both depravity of mind and aggravated battery. In imposing the sentences of death, the trial judge acknowledged that the case was made more difficult by the fact that Lewis had led the police to Schallenberger and Fuller and pleaded guilty to her crimes, as well as by the fact that Fuller would receive a life sentence for his part in the plot. However, the trial judge found that Lewis, as wife and stepmother to the victims, had engaged in the cold-blooded, pitiless slaying of two men, horrible and inhumane, for profit, which, quote, fits the definition of the outrageous or wantonly vile, horrible act. Wow. Of particular significance, the trial judge noted that the cold lack of emotion displayed by Lewis and the fact that there was quote no other motivation for these killings except greed with no thought on her part of what she was doing other than these two murders and what she would receive once they were deceased Mm -hmm. the trial judge also found it significant that Lewis he had a lot to say (laughs) Um, significant that Lewis had lured men and her juvenile daughter into Uh her web of deceit. See, I knew that shit was going to come right the fuck back up. Her web of deceit Mm -hmm. and sex and greed and murder. Mm -hmm. And within an incredibly short period of time from meeting the men, she had recruited them, been involved in planning and completing these murders. And within one week before the actual murders had one failed attempt on Julian's life and then finally he had particular note to the fact he paid particular note to the fact that while her husband lay dying in the bedroom lewis was out apparently writing a love note to him to put in the refrigerator Mm -hmm. splitting up the money from the deceased wallet with the co-defendants in the kitchen and waiting for julian to die Based upon the evidence, the trial judge was convinced that Lewis waited until she thought Julian was dead before she called the police and that she allowed him to suffer without any feelings at all with absolute coldness. Mm -hmm. He called her, quote, the head of this serpent. Mm. So this ended up stirring up major attention. Many people argued that it wasn't fair that the two guys who actually did the killing ended up with life in prison while Teresa received the death penalty. 
A lot of people argued that because her IQ was so low that it wasn't right to sentence her to death. Um, acclaimed no, novelist, you a bitch. Yeah, I agree. Um, acclaimed novelist John Grisham was quoted as believing that uh, Jesse was the actual mastermind behind the plot. And indeed, Jesse was actually um, showing Rodney how to shoot a gun. Um, Rodney allegedly had never held a gun up until this case. Uh, um, did we IQ test them? I don't think so. It just oh, seems... no, they did. They did. He had an IQ of like 130 something. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, IQ is not the only factor that goes into like manipulation like that. Like there's a lot of different tactics that people use, love bombing and things like that. But it's just crazy to me how yeah. like with within like just meeting this woman you're you go from never having held a gun before to willing to viciously murder two people that's crazy to me yeah and she she had websites up for her support and had a huge following of people our yee truck man supporting her right now um (laughs) revving his engine um so she she had a lot of support Um, Teresa challenged this and was granted a review by the Supreme Court. However, it was rejected, and Teresa was placed on death row at the Fluvanna Correctional Center for Women in Troy, Virginia. Her daughter also served five years for her involvement in knowing about the plot but not doing anything about it. Her daughter was a minor, though, at the time, yeah? Yeah. Interesting. In November of 2004, a private investigator met Jesse at Wallens Ridge State Prison in Big Stone Gap, Virginia, on behalf of Lewis. Jesse wrote in a, part- in a partially transcribed affidavit, quote, Teresa was in love with me. She was very eager to please me. She was also not very smart. However, Jesse tore off and ate the parts of the document that he had signed. Jesse uh- said, what will happen will happen. And then in 2006, he was found to have committed suicide in prison. Wow. Over 7,300 appeals for clemency were reportedly sent to Virginia Governor Bob McDaniel. Her supporters stated that Lewis is deeply remorseful and has been a model prisoner, helping fellow female inmates cope with their circumstances. Her father, Melvin C. Wilson Sr., testified how Lewis took care of her invalid mother prior to her death. Lewis herself stated that Quote, I just want the governor to know that I am so sorry, deeply from my heart, and if I could take it back, I would in a minute. I just wish I could take it back, and I'm sorry for all the people that I've hurt in the process. Mm. On September 17, 2010, McDonald decided to not stop Lewis's upcoming execution, stating, Having carefully reviewed the petition for clemency, the judicial opinions in this case, and other relevant materials, I find no compelling reason to set aside the sentence that was imposed by the circuit court and affirmed by all reviewing courts. Mm. Her attorneys filed motions for uh, something called a writ of certiorari. I can't pronounce it. Mm. They filed a motion, girl. Certiorari? They filed a motion. They filed a motion. Got it. That's what we're going to say, girl. They filed a motion with the U.S. Supreme Court um, to stay the ex- execution, uh. um, but were denied on September 21st, 2010. Dissenting justices Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Sonia Sotomayor indicated that they would have granted a stay. Really? Yes. Mm. Teresa spent her last hours praying and singing hymns. Her last meal consisted of two fried chicken breasts, Uh sweet peas with butter, a Dr. Pepper, and an apple pie for dessert. 
I wonder if the chicken breast was from the Walmart deli. <laughs> Do you wonder? I wonder. I'm pretty sure it was probably from KFC. Why bother with the sweet peas? Give me some mac and cheese. Give Maybe me some heavy like carbs, hon. We are know. loading up on carbs. Let me tell you what. If I ever get a chance of a last meal, I mean, hopefully, I'm living my <laughs> if life If you ever right. get the chance. But I'm, I mean, it's going to be a mukbang. Prison mukbang, babe. Like, film it, put it up on Patreon. Girl, we are, I'm going to tell you we what. We are going no, for we it. We're do... bring, I'm having mac and cheese. I'm having fucking cobbler. I'm having fucking key lime pie. Uh-huh. I'm having all that good shit. And I'm going to be sick as hell. And you know what? I'm going to welcome death at you that know, point because uh-huh. i will be so stuffed i'm gonna tell you what i'm gonna i'm gonna just gonna keep eating yeah they can't kill me just, if i'm still eating girl it's a superpower i'm just gonna i'm just gonna eat for as long as fucking humanly possible <laughs> is what i'm gonna do he's been eating for 87 <laughs> years Non-stop. Yeah, I mean, it was an interesting choice. I mean, the chicken, but I, I mean, I don't know. It, it, it just was a little, sounds oddly it, like fake healthy. Like, like, why would you healthy? eat peas? fried chicken with sweet peas with butter and a Dr. Pepper? I mean, butter's not necessarily bad. It, it just seems like weirdly bland. You know what I mean? It doesn't sound like a last meal. It sounds, I no. mean, honestly, it, it sounds, sounds like, like what you my fucking, fucking ate at my damn, at, at, my great grandma's funeral but anyway (laughs) um so that's what she had um her last words were um to her stepdaughter uh who had attended her execution and she said i just want kathy to know that i love you and i'm very sorry Mm. on september 23rd 2010 Teresa became the first woman in virginia to die by lethal injection the last time a woman had been sentenced to death in Virginia was in 1912 by the electric chair. Wow. Yeah. What a what a what a what a thing for our home region to be known for. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. That was that was great. It's so weird that that case came up for both of us like this week. How very strange. Because you, Kenny told me that he had gotten the idea for what he wanted to talk about at the funeral that he attended, but he didn't tell me what he was going to talk about until obviously we get on the show because yeah. we try to keep the details like fresh. So that, right. So that we don't know. But that's so, that's so weird to me because somebody totally just reached out to me out of the blue to talk about that. But it's such a crazy story. Oh, yeah. It's just so. Um, and it's so sad because it's just so pointless. Like, <sighs> yeah, I mean, it is. Here's a picture of her. <laughs> this was the picture that my mother was looking at, and she was like, "Yep, uh, she looked exactly like that in high school." Yeah. And I was like, "Hmm." Yeah. Um. She looks like she would order sweet peas for her, her last meal. Yeah. Um. I didn't want. Like I said, there's an episode. Would you call it? It was. Killer, Killer couples. couples, yeah. So there's an episode about it. Uh, I mean, you can go and watch it. They, they might have more information. Did than you watch I do. it? No, I did not. Oh, we. I didn't want to watch it because I was like, well, I, you didn't. Yeah, I do the same thing. If there's a, if there's a, normally if there's um, a show or something true crime related that has covered the topic that I'm talking about, I try not to like 
watch it because then I'll well then, I like, just my story sounds right. just like theirs and I just right. basically ripped it off I didn't want to like because like you said when that happens like it I didn't want my format to follow that format right because naturally that's what you're gonna want to yeah. do yeah. is follow that same storyline and I kind of wanted to just dig into we should watch the it though I would love before. to see the dramatization of this I would love to see the dramatization of like <laughs> That part of the world. Uh, yeah, that part of the world. That part of the world. I love how Our I'm lives. trying to be vague, but you definitely have said the names of everything in this episode. So here's I mean, thing. I couldn't. Like, you know. Just hoping I mean, we don't get canceled go. and all this gets dragged out. So. We become the talk of the town. Oh, my. We get put in the local post. <laughs> I've been, I've been there. I've been in that in that post. I have too. Yeah. I was one time when the, when the, they hit, you remember you play? Yeah. I don't know if Uplay was a thing anywhere else, but it was like a kid's place where you could go and like It was basically just stuff. like a version of the ball pit with a bunch more tubes and like netting that your ankle always get fucking uh-huh. caught in and but, almost broke. But they had they had miniature golf inside. They did. And I was there. Time. Yeah. And I was there when they first opened. And a man came up. This was really, this is really creepy nowadays, but like I was there with my grandmother and she, I was playing putt button. This man comes up with his camera and he was like, do you want to be in this picture? I'm taking a picture for the local paper. Do you want to, do you want to pose for me? And I'm, <laughs> and then my grandma was like, yeah, sure. Go right ahead. He'll get just, he'll take his picture right there. Right. Take his picture right there. Just stand right there. And then here's me as a mom just rushing up. <laughs> To uh-huh. collect my child and like ferry well, him away from the Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Picture was taken, ended up in the paper. There you go. Great. And then my school ended up cutting the paper out, cutting that little piece of article out and posting it on the bulletin board. That's for everyone to see. Wow, look at that. You were I celebrity. was never it's never so embarrassed An in my influencer. life. <laughs> and then the the pose was like me again in my fucking husky size shorts, which were always like oh, yeah. below the knee. Oh, yeah. Really well, baggy. Well, they made them longer because they were like, you're fat, so clearly you're tall. And I'm like, do you? Don't work Does that like work? That. Does that work for Mm-mm. literally anybody? It doesn't work like that. All my skirts and like jeans and shit were like so fucking long. And uh-huh. I'm just like, who are they making these clothes for? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I had that. And then just like some random tennis shoes with some like really long socks and like a fucking polo t-shirt. You sound like in. you look just like a golfer. I did. I was a quite pu- I was a I was a master putt putter. You in my sound day. like you had been to hair and makeup. You had been <laughs> through costuming, and you showed up appropriately dressed for the occasion. That is like the king that you are. So I there did. you go. I did. I did. Yeah. But that's my story for this week. I covered true crime. And- Yay! It's been a while. I was actually just thinking this week. I was like, damn, we need to do like some true crime. Has it been a while? Like, it. Ha- I feel like it has. Like- I feel like it's been a while since we did a case. Maybe. I guess you did. No, I guess. No. Well, you did the body case where they like found the body. Yeah. But. And then you, I, you I did the case with crime, the Innocence but... Project. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I guess it's been a while since we had like a good like because the Innocence Project episode was more focused on like the wrongful conviction aspect. Right. right and right, then right. your episode was more focused on like the fact that there's this random ass fucking mummified body. I, I guess it's been a while since we had like bread and butter, white bread. You could say, and butter uh, case yeah. like this. Yeah. It was fun. 
We should definitely watch that Kelly Couples episode. For sure, for sure. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, I guess it's time for me to get to sweeping this fucking floor and doing these fucking you know housekeeping you you chores. Leave them, leave them a love note in their lunchbox. Oh yeah, with a fucking ominous ass smiley face. That's just, that's like there's a lot of. I was gonna say that's like the most terrifying thing in that case, but it's not. But it's it's a very odd detail. Uh huh. That it, it's gonna stick with me for a while. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Um, sucks to be you, bitch. Yeah. As much as you fucking. I'm with it. I'm, trigger I'm me with that with fucking your judge. Fucking bullshit that you. Oh, you were talking about me. No, I like, mean, I'm like, yes, I'm glad that I have said something uh, that will stick with you, just oh, like yeah. every fucking episode you do sticks with me, with your crazy-ass mindfuck fucking interdimensionality fucking yeah. life-isn't-real bullshit that you fucking lay on me. Yeah, it's just spooky mental bukkake <laughs> um, that I'm like providing that. for you like over that. here. So anyway, um, housekeeping. If you want to connect with us online, you can do that at Instagram.com and you can search for the Haunted Heart Podcast. We're there. Uh, we're you done playing a song on your fucking mic stand? <laughs> I'm trying to sweep the floor here like a professional. Anyway, I did, I did. we're at the Haunted Heart Podcast on Instagram. We are at the Haunted Heart on Twitter because Twitter would not let us have enough characters. Um, so we're at the Haunted Heart there. On Facebook, you can search for the Haunted Heart Podcast. You can like our page, leave a review or a recommendation if you like. Um, and you can also find our closed Facebook group. That is where we are most active. We are in the group on the daily and we are seeing, I, I'm seeing a lot of new names in the Facebook group, which yeah, is really me cool. Too, me too. Yes. Yeah, so don't feel like, don't feel like the Facebook group is already a click that's been established and you won't be welcomed in with open arms because we love new people. I love that I'm seeing like new names there it's very cool welcome to everybody who is new in the group and um i want to see more new names yeah so join. they're like they're they're like talking yeah you know what i mean i've seen like several posts where people are like starting wanting to start threads with stuff we and love I'm like, threads this is fucking cool yeah we love a thread Let's you know this. we're not going to do it ourselves so just go ahead and no not at all not <laughs> talk one, amongst no. yourselves <laughs> we're those nope. kind of party hosts nope um oh and also please uh rate and review on any podcast out platform, platform sorry outlet yeah i don't know what word was trying to come out but anyway any podcasting platform that you listen to the show we would really appreciate it if you could drop a five-star review and if you could write us a little love note so that we yeah. can read it on the show because we love yeah. reading reviews on the show we do and lastly, I know we called it out at the beginning of the episode, but if you want, um, if you listen to all the episodes and you're caught up on the show um, and you don't want to go back and listen to all the episodes a second time, which you're free to fucking do if you want, um, if you want new content, we have uh, content available on patreon.com slash the haunted heart. You can sign up to support the show um, for as little as like a dollar a month, and you can get access to all kinds of free bonus content. And we do, we also have a Patreon Discord. We have all kinds of stuff going on over there. So check it out. Um, and yeah. You did a great job. Thank you. Great job cleaning our trailer. Yeah, Our trailer is, is nice and clean. Absolutely. Smells like pine saw up in hey, here. Hey, I'm not going to knock a trailer. I've been in some really nice trailers. They're great. 
You know, I'm not going to knock it. I'm not going to knock it. But yeah. I'm also not going to fucking believe you when you tell me that two grown ass men with shotguns are in the trailer and you just didn't see them. That's true. You know what I mean? You just didn't see them. No. Yeah. You would have had to slide by them <laughs> to get almost anywhere in the trailer. Um, that so. is true. Yeah. And more than likely, you would have hit the uh, grocery bag filled with grocery bags that's hanging on the laundry door. Absolutely. Iconic. I and you would have heard that rustling. Iconic. Uh, and yeah. So, but that's the end of our bullshit today, folks. That's it. That's, that's it. it. We're not, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes we have like a great like segue into the sign off, and sometimes we fucking don't. You know sometimes what I mean? It's just a grocery bag sometimes full of grocery bags. It's a grocery bag full of grocery <laughs> bags, and sometimes it's just fucking Walmart chicken, and sometimes you just got to. Stay sweet.